Okay, Jim, take it away. Hey there, welcome back. We are doing another interview here at the uh, Bedford Photo Expo. Uh, we've got Denny Grandel, Grandel here. We, we <laughs> I just typed it in and I already forgot it. We are horrible with names. Yes. <laughs> travel photographer extraordinaire. Yes, exactly. And you just taught a class. Right. Just taught a okay. class on travel photography. Awesome. And and how long was that class? Like an hour and a half or yeah, hour and a quarter. Hour and a quarter. Yeah. So how how did how did you feel about the class when you came out? I mean, did you feel it's like good. it was good? It was good, and I had good feedback. Yeah, I was during say. the talk. Yeah. But at the end, everybody ran out for the uh, drawing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get any questions at the end. Oh, oh that, that could be kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to ask the questions here for you. So how did you get started in travel photography? My wife and I got married. And two months later, we were living and working in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Awesome. Now, what year was this? 1974. So Mary Mihan and I will show you the world. And two months later, we are in the desert there, and we lived there for five and a half years. And every long weekend, uh, we would take off and travel somewhere. What's the question? What we're going to do is where we're going. That's great. And we're able to get into places you can't go today, like Afghanistan or mm-hmm. Iran. And concentrate on that part of the world and save Europe for when we're old and decrepit. <laughs> so that, that started a wonderful travel experience, travel relationship. My wife and I hit uh, 40 years last month. And Congratulations. We've been traveling uh, ever since. That sounds great. There are a lot of things that we don't do so we can travel. Okay. Because uh, that's top priority. So travel is the priority of the relationship and of your life? Yeah, I spent my career in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Uh, oil and gas, Exxon, and then uh, here with Specialty Chemical. My last corporate job was running a $100 million division of a company. So high pressure, high stress in photography has been a lifelong passion and a wonderful offset for that. Mm-hmm. And when we go, we go out of the country, go way far away where there's no internet, no cell phone, <laughs> we're gone. Wow. Well, back in the, in, in the early 70s, I'm sure that's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a little hard to do that now. It is. Yeah. It's gotten a lot more complicated. I mean, even in uh, Africa, when I've been there in recent years, it seems like even in the most remote locations, yeah. Yeah. somebody has a cell phone that they've turned into quite a good business by renting that to everyone else to make phone calls. That's right. Well, in, a year ago, right now, we were in far northern Vietnam taking pictures of the uh, very remote uh, hill tribes, colorful hill tribes there. Every place we stopped for a hotel, hotel, you know, simple. Right, right. Had wireless internet. Really? Yep. Uh, so it's, the world is changing very, very quickly, and that's one of the things we're trying to do is get out and photograph these things before they disappear completely. Right. So very interesting ethnic tribal uh, outfits is just being replaced by Nike T-shirts, which is terrible from a photographic point of view. Right. But the economy developing is great for local people, but interesting structures get torn down, replaced by concrete ugly on that. Uh, so every place in Vietnam, we had fast internet. Uh, I have a picture of a guy I showed in the show today. He's up to his knees in mud, uh, plowing a rice field, mm-hmm. and he's looking to suffer. Wow, that's that's incredible. You know, you're talking about uh, from an economic standpoint, a lot of these countries that came onto the technology market later on in life. They were able to build up an infrastructure quickly without having to build on old technology right. the way the United States So they States bypassed did. a very expensive uh, hard wire system went right to, to sell. And went right to sell. Mm. Right. Wow, interesting. That is awesome. So when you're traveling, mm-hmm. 
what is your gear that you're taking? I mean, obviously, you're having to worry about concerns with weight, travel, battery life. When we travel on the outbound leg, carry-on luggage only. So, it's a, as I like to say, it's a photo shoot, not a fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and uh, so, carry-on luggage only, and that includes all our clothes for a month depending how long we've gone, typically a month now. And in my camera bag, shoulder bag, and that's it. So my typical kit is two Canon 5D bodies. Okay. Because you don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere and have a camera crap out on you. Right. On that. Uh, 50 millimeter fixed for my portrait work and people pictures, which I really enjoy. Uh, wide angle zoom, a mid zoom, and a telephoto zoom. Uh, and that's it. Now I now travel with a small light uh, laptop, smaller than this, so you can download at night and then see what's working and what's not working. And that download is, is a backup copy. Mac or PC? PC. I, I knew it. I don't know why. I just could tell. <laughs> that's okay. If PC's okay. It's, it's fine, yeah. It's politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some people like my son are bilingual. Oh, yeah. my, oh, they yeah. do both. They do both. I like, okay, well, speaking about that, what about languages? All the travels, you've had to pick up some languages? It's really interesting. When we started traveling in 1974, uh, English was not widely used. And today, it's the international language of business. So no matter where you are in the world, there's somebody that's going to speak English uh, hmm. on that. And the other thing, it's just the language of common human empathy. Uh, right. That's how we communicate, sign language, smiles, lots of smiles on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I want to take somebody's picture, a very compelling face, I look at them, smile, chat a little bit, and uh, pull up my camera and smile. And if they don't throw rocks, then I start taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- talking about the smiling with that, um, a lot of my training is a photojournalist in the military, so I've traveled all over the world taking photographs as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when I started shooting digital in 1989 with some of the equipment that yeah. the military let us use, it seemed to be a good bridge in communication. Yes. So I could walk up to someone, take a shot, they could look at the back of the screen, and they knew that they were not in a um, uh, compromising pose or position. Right. Does that help you? Absolutely. Uh, my wife was the first to, to convert to digital with a little point and shoot. Uh-huh. And uh, so she's taking some pictures and show people. Once they see that you're not making them look bad, that you're making them look good, mm-hmm. uh, they relax and warm up. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I never take a picture that somebody doesn't want. I don't want to force the image because then they're going to be... That's not going to be a good shot. Um, it's not going to be natural then. So, so doing what you were doing in the film days... What, how did that work then? Just a little harder. Just a little more sure, time little to harder, work with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you what, uh, the obvious digital has completely changed what I can do on that. Back mm. in the days of Kodachrome 64, you know, doing a dark situation very difficult. Right. Now, it's a uh, wide uh, <coughs> ISO range that you get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without having to change film, which is an right. advantage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, put a CF card in my 5D3 and... Uh, you can put a, a small card in there in case you overrun the first primary card right into the backup. Set so 36 pictures, another roll. <laughs> yeah, another yeah. 15 bucks. Right. <laughs> oh, I know a lot about that. Yeah. Mail the stuff back to the states so it doesn't get lost or heat exhausted in town. But you know, that's when I uh, moved my f- photography forward. When we we're in Arabia, go somewhere for a long weekend. I mailed 10 rolls off to uh, Kodak in Switzerland. 
get the film back, and then I have a lot of time to go through it and see what worked and what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that time's compressed now because now at night I can see on a laptop what's working and what's not right. working. Okay, talking about a laptop, and we just had this conversation not too long ago, Jim and I, because we're a little bit of computer geeks and camera geeks. Mm-hmm. With your travel, do you have any, are you using any kind of like solar panels when you're out away from electricity? When I'm out away from electricity, I don't use my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he went with the simple, okay, simple yeah. solution. Because all the stuff you're talking about is weight and space. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry it along. Depending yeah. on the trip we're doing, you might be chopping on and off of buses and things, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be encumbered. Uh, With all the extra gear that yeah, you might not need. Jumping on and off of uh, ferries and trains and mm-hmm. on that. So, no, the uh, Canon 5D3 never run out of a battery during the day, even though I take you know, a thousand pictures on that. But I always carry two or three backup uh, batteries, and I'm good for several days. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, favorite place? That's a tough question. <laughs> Always you knew we were going to ask that, right? Yeah. Everybody asked the same question. Uh, way back, it was, it was Afghanistan. <coughs> we were able to get in and out of Afghanistan before the Soviets rolled in. Mm-hmm. And people were warm, friendly, loved to be photographed, extremely handsome on that. Uh, and lately, uh, we really enjoyed Burma, mm-hmm. uh, far northern Vietnam. Vietnam. And half the time, it's the last trip. It's the best trip. Yes, yes. It's the most fresh in your mind. It's the most vivid memory that you have. Yeah. In our typical trip, we try to get way off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're a new country, new area, new guide, sometimes it's almost coming to body blows to get them to understand we're not your typical tourists, we're travelers. Right. If you take tours there, we're not going. Uh, but fortunately, we've got a superb guide in Burma now and in Vietnam. Uh, so you ask around, work that way and see who's, who's good and who's not. Right. Now, you do you have any other workshops coming up where you're going to take people on location? This next year, I formed a, part, a loose partnership with uh, Sun Nujin in Vietnam, who's a very fine guide, known him for over a decade, mm-hmm. and a very fine photographer. So we're going to be running photo trips to uh, Vietnam that are designed by photographers, specifically for photographers. Okay, great. So it's not going to be like a tourist thing where... You're not going to have that photographic experience if you're a photographer. This is geared for photography. For photography, set up to go to places that are photogenic. We're not going to take you to the craft store. We're not going to take you to the museum unless you want to go. (laughs) And we're going to get way off the beaten path. Uh, In Vietnam, we'll have three or four different trips. One's just an overview of the country. And one I call hardcore, where we get back way out there where the tribal people still are mm. wearing a tribal dress. Wow. On that. Wow. And that's the neatest photography, but it's not easy to travel. Right, yeah. On that. Uh, and then in Burma, I've got a superb guide in Burma as well. It's, uh, she's very good at getting us out away uh, and to, people, to meet people that are not burned out by photographers shooting at them all day long. Right, that's awesome. Now, all this information is available on your website. It's not on the website yet, but just email me through the website, and uh, we'll be putting it up. We're gonna, we'll put your email online as well as your website, so that way our listeners can have a place to uh, contact you. Yeah. Now, my website was beautifully designed by a web designer, and it has been updated in several years because, unfortunately, he decided to get a real job and moved out, my son. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I need to update that website, and we'll put some travel information on there. Well, as long as we have a, as long as we have a point of contact of you, I think that would work out really good. Yeah. Um, personal projects for you. I know photography, you mentioned, is your passion, is your creative outlet yeah. from a very stressful job. 
But do you have any personal projects that are close to you that you would like to share with the listeners that maybe they can? Well, it's, it's what I've shared today with the group of what's on the website. It's just getting out there uh, with the indigenous people and uh, developing rapport and photographing and learning about them, spending time with them. Awesome. So for the new person that wants to do trail photography, and I know a lot of people have that idea of travel, which is probably not the same idea you have of right. travel. They're thinking more of like the real nice hotels, the pool, and the bellboard bringing the drinks. <laughs> yeah. But if they wanted to do, what you're doing is more of a National Geographic style photography yeah. and travel. In fact, uh, the famous National Geographic photographer, Steve McCurry. Yes, yes. The Afghan girl, Light Eyes. Mm-hmm. He's been a mentor to me. I've had the opportunity to travel with him uh, for over a month. Oh, that's awesome. Shooting side by side with him in uh, Burma, uh, Cambodia. That's amazing. Yeah, I actually saw, uh, obviously saw the cover when it came out, yeah. and uh, the uh, special they did trying to find the girl afterwards, right. which right. was heart-wrenching. Right. It was an amazing story. Right. So what advice can you give to the new photographer wanting to do your style of travel photography? Just got to be willing to get out there and know that things will go wrong when you travel. You got to be able to roll with it. You got to be flexible. Things will go wrong. That's right. Be flexible. Well, I think they'll Don't go wrong even when you leave your house and go do a portrait shoot. At, oh, yeah. Hang on. Wait, wait. Yes, I am. I do have to press the record button so we didn't screw this podcast up. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time. And thank, well, you, thank so you so much, much. for coming out to the... Uh, My pleasure. The yeah. Photo Expo yeah. in Arkansas for Bedford's, and we will get those notes listed up there, and as soon as this goes live, we'll send you a link. Great. We appreciate it. For those of you out there, don't miss it next year. Don't miss it next year. You heard it here first. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot. We awesome. appreciate it. That was interesting. Very